You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. Coming up on the programme tonight, nutritionist Sid Sheehan will be joining me in the studio shortly. As Northern Ireland continues to celebrate its year of food and drink, this month the theme of landscapes and places takes centre stage. So I'll be talking to Andrew Porter about the Mourns Food and Film Cycle Tour in County Down. I'm out and about at the grand finale of the Apprentice Chef programme, which took place in the Institute of Technology Tralee at the start of May. And we'll be finding out what visitors to Cork can expect this weekend at the Kerrygold Ballymaloo Literary Festival of Food and Wine. A reminder as to how you can get in touch with me, you can drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. And you know, as I always say, it's great to hear from you. Now, every month, I'm delighted to welcome Sid Sheehan to the studio. Sid is a chef and nutritionist from Nourished by Nature, and he always has great nutrition advice for us. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Sid, you're very welcome to the studio this evening. Thanks for coming all the way from Listowel in Kerry. Thanks a million, Sharon. It's great to be back in again. Tell us the topic for tonight that you want to have a chat about. Okay, so the one we're going to talk about tonight is thyroid disease. Um, Exactly what it is, what the thyroid is, the purpose of it in the human body, and then more importantly, some of the conditions that can, when the thyroid is out of sync. So there'll be, there's two main ones. There's an underactive and an overactive thyroid. So we're going to discuss both of those, some of the associated symptoms, and then we'll look at how diet can affect it. Or we're not going to say cure it, but we'll say foods to support both conditions. Is there any particular reason why you've chosen to talk about this this evening? There's no personal reason, but it's just that I think it's so prevalent in Ireland at the moment. Um, It always has been. Um, It's hugely, hugely uh, common illness. Well, the best place to start is to explain what exactly is the thyroid. Okay, so your thyroid, because we we often hear about it uh, when you go to the GP to have full bloods done or just a general checkup. They'll often say they will check your thyroid because it's one of the more um, common ones to be checked with your bloods. So, and that's how they will tell if your thyroid is not working adequately. So they'll test your uh, thyroid hormone levels in your blood. So basically what thyroid is, it's a gland. Uh, it's a butterfly-shaped gland at the base of your throat. Um, it's about an inch and a half to two inches long. Uh, you'll see it particularly in men, so the Adam's apple. Um, some men it's more prominent than others. Uh, me, I don't really have one that kind of that's that prominent. Other guys, you'll see this huge kind of bulge in their throat. Um, Is that a good or a bad thing if you see the bulge? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really mean anything um, at that stage, but there will we'll kind of go through it afterwards. What it can develop into when it's out of sync, and it'll cause swelling and inflammation and stuff in the throat as well. Okay. So basically, that's what it is. Um, what, what it does then, its main purpose is it produces hormones that control metabolism. So as in, that is, okay, the easiest way to describe it, your metabolism is every cell in your body uses energy. So the thyroid controls how much energy is used by every cell in the body. So it has a hugely, hugely important role in the human body. Uh, the hormones that are released, they regulate vital bodily functions. But again, it's responsible for so many different functions. Um, you could almost kind of class it as your internal thermostat. 
the body's internal thermostat. It regulates body temperature, which is most important. And then after that, it regulates all of the other bodily functions. Yeah, I think that's a great way to describe it because I, I think, you know, that kind of puts it into context for people. Yeah, uh, because you have, if you read about harm or thyroid and stuff, like there's a lot of kind of medical um, terminology and stuff like that. It doesn't really make sense to people. So I think when it's kind of dumbed down a little bit into plain English for people like that, it makes an awful lot more sense. And we should emphasise here, because you, you mentioned the Adam's apple there, that it isn't just men. Everybody has a thyroid, everybody, male and female. Absolutely. Everybody has it, male and female. Um, the conditions associated with it, which we'll move into in a, in a moment, uh, would be more common with uh, females rather than male. So um, we've kind of looked at what it is, uh, where it is in the body and its function. Um, so just some of the bodily functions that it controls or regulates or maintains. Uh, breathing, your heart rate, uh, the nervous system, uh, your weight, body weight, uh, muscle strength, uh, menstrual cycle in females, your body temperature, like we said, so it's your thermostat, and cholesterol levels. It's responsible basically for every biological process in the human body. So it's hugely important. Hugely, hugely important. Now, um, if this little gland, like I said, it's only an inch and a half, two inches in your throat, if this releases too much of the hormone, um, a condition known as hyperthyroidism will occur. So, or this is your overactive thyroid. So hyper for overactive, and the opposite one then is your hypo, which is underactive. So we'll just look at hypothyroidism or the underactive seems to be more prevalent um, in Ireland than the, the hyper. So we'll just look at the hyper first, what, what it does. This means that the body runs too fast. So it's a little bit like an overheated engine. Uh, so that's your hyperthyroidism. Uh, some of the symptoms of it. Some of the symptoms of both, um, both hyper and hypo. Um, look, we'll, we'll call it underactive Let's and overactive, under I think. And over, yeah. I think, I it's, think easier that, to, yeah, it's easier I think to understand. We can relate to that better yeah. so we can. So some of the symptoms associated with both, they can actually mimic long-term mild depression. So a lot of people are living with this. They don't know what's going on. They've got low moods and all the other associated bits and pieces as well that go with that. When they finally go, because again, as a nation, we don't want to go to the doctor and admit that we're feeling low or that we might be depressed. When we actually go and have our bloods done, we realise it could be something quite simple as our thyroid is out of sync and it's easily treated through prescription medication from the doctor. It can also be supported through diet, which we're going to talk about as well. Okay. Okay. So that is the hyper where there's too much of the hormone being released. Now, the, like I said, the more common one is the underactive um, and this is where there's too little of the hormone being released and this causes your metabolism to slow down and the body becomes sluggish and lazy. So, some of the symptoms with the overactive, mood changes, uh, mood fluctuations, so you can have real highs and lows unexplained so this would be kind of what i'm saying about the mild depression for no reason you can people can get a fit of kind of weepies and crying and stuff and it's unexplained mm -hmm. um anxiety restlessness particularly at night time restless at night time you can't sleep properly you find it difficult to get to sleep um weight loss unexplained weight loss um rapid heart rate is another one um, increased sweating. This is where the body, like I said, your metabolism speeds up. The body is like an overheated engine. So 
body temperature isn't regulated properly and it overheats and excess sweat is produced. So they would be some of the, the associated symptoms with the overactive. So we'll look at the underactive, which, as again, I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this. Even something as simple as you're following a nice healthy eating plan, you find it exceptionally difficult to lose weight, you're doing everything by the book, you have a relatively good activity level and yet you can't knock off even a pound. And would you be putting weight on at the same time if you, you're, if it's underactive? Is weight you, gain yes, a sign or a potential sign? So weight gain would be one of the more common um, symptoms associated with the underactive. So fatigue is one of the main ones. Um, this horrible sluggish laziness um, no zest for life kind of the best way to put it even physically kind of slow movement no get up and go Um, the depression the low mood again Um, brain fog poor memory um like I said, the weight gain. Now, some of the other symptoms that can go um, hand in hand with it would be some of the, the really noticeable ones in extreme cases would be bulging eyes, this puffiness and swelling um, around the eyes, and it makes the, the eyes look like they're bulging. Mm-hmm. Um, goiter, which is one of the main symptoms. Again, this would be the kind of swelling in the throat area. So you'll see around where the the thyroid gland itself is, you'll see the swelling. Some people in extreme cases, it's, it's very, very visible. So lots of these symptoms, you might not have all of these symptoms. Even if you've one of these symptoms, it is well worth going to the doctor and getting your bloods done to get your thyroid checked out. Yeah, definitely. Don't ignore these. Um, If you have any of these, a lot of people are going around with even two or three of these symptoms and they just think that it's acceptable. It's not acceptable to feel like that all the time. People just think that it's commonplace. Sure, everybody feels tired. Everybody's mood is low because of the weather or just because we're Irish. Um, But it's not. Go to the doctor, tell them you're concerned. Can they do bloods? And while they're doing the bloods, will they check the thyroid? When you get to a certain stage in life, it is ideal to go and have a checkup once a year, if if time and funds permit. And getting a thyroid check would be one of those standard blood tests that they would do once a year. It is, yes. So your doctor will oblige. They will do the test for you. And it is diagnosed um, by, by a GP through your bloods. And they will tell you if it's underactive, if it's overactive or if it's working correctly. Now, you mentioned foods to support your thyroid. So are these things that we should just be doing in general to keep it healthy? Yeah, there are some foods that, again, I'm always going back to a diet low in refined and processed sugars and stuff like that, low in the bad fats, just nice, healthy, clean eating with whole foods. That is going to be probably the best starting point to ensure that you have a good, steady, regular thyroid. So we look at a couple of the foods to support the underactive. Oh, sorry, the we're going to go with the overactive first. So eat plenty of cruciferous vegetables. So these are the ones. These are just um, one of the families of vegetables. So broccoli, cauliflower, um, kale, cabbage, Brussels sprouts turnip, rocket, bok choy, all of these type of vegetables, these are the ones that you want to be getting in, particularly in their raw state or even juiced. So this will help or support the overactive thyroid. Uh, They contain a natural thyroid blocker. So um, these are the ones you want to get in. You want to avoid too much consumption of iodine. So avoid salt that has 
iodine added to it. Most table salt in Ireland is going to be iodized salt. So avoid that. Go for an iodine-free salt. Um, avoid iodine-containing foods like saltwater fish, seaweeds, kelp, seagrass. These are the foods to avoid if you have an overactive thyroid. It's very interesting about the seaweed because obviously it's all about the superfood seaweed these yeah. days. And without a doubt, seaweed and seagrasses, stuff like that, kelp, these are super foods they're brilliant raw natural whole foods that we should be getting in but again certain conditions will um, permit these other conditions such as an overactive thyroid it would be one of the few where i would specifically say stay away from these foods now going back to the underactive thyroid some of the foods to support this it's kind of pretty much the opposite of the one we just discussed Um, avoid eating the cruciferous vegetables Again, they can block the thyroid's ability to absorb iodine. So you don't want that to happen. You want to be able to absorb the the iodine. So stay away from those vegetables. Use the iodized salt. Eat plenty of iodine-rich foods. Get as much saltwater fish in, shellfish, uh, your kelp. Even eat seagrass, chew seagrass. It's a brilliant way of extracting the the iodine out of it. Limit just a few other bits as well for the the underactive. Limit your intake of soya or any associated soya products um, because it contains, they're called phytoestrogens. So all soya products will be rich in phytoestrogens. These are thought to interfere with the body's ability to use thyroid hormones. Give us a few examples of soya type foods that you're talking about. Okay, some of the more common ones would be tofu. Um, You know that corn mince. So this is really vegetarians because it, it would be very unusual for a non-vegetarian yeah. to go in for something like tofu. No, most people wouldn't really. Uh, it's not something that I overly enjoy at all. I find it very tasteless and again there would be a lot of controversy about how it's produced and genetically modified as well. But um, if you are a vegetarian, if tofu is part of your diet and if you think or if you have been diagnosed with an underactive thyroid, I would advise staying away from any soya products. Uh, so Soya sauce would be another common one. And it's very high in salt, soya sauce, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's exceptionally high in salt yeah. as well. Um, reduce sugar. Again, I'm always coming back to this, pretty much with any illness that can occur in the body. Refined sugar is going to be a contributory factor with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always saying reduce it, limit it as much as possible. We don't need it in there. Um, but for something like this in particular, reduce sugar and refined carbohydrates because since your metabolism is sluggish, you're not going to be burning the calories anyway. So if you're feeling like that, if you're not burning the calories in the first place, you certainly don't want to be overloading with refined sugars that are going to be converted into fat. So um, that's just an important one to, to bear in mind. Okay. Well, all great advice there. And I think the main point you're making is if you do have any of these symptoms, you really should go to your doctor and just get it ruled out, if nothing else. Yeah, definitely. Just go and get it checked up. At least then, you know, you'll have uh, peace of mind that your thyroid is okay. And it may be something else then that's causing whatever symptoms you have. So just get it checked out anyway. Okay, great. Well, all great advice, Sid. Thanks very much for that. Just before you go, remind the listeners of your website in case they want to pick up a course or two over the summer okay so it's nourishedbynature.ie and you'll find us on facebook at nourishedbynature listol fantastic and we shall talk to you next month thanks for coming in tonight fantastic sharon thanks a million cheers chin chin salut schleinte
Lovely as always to have Sid in the studio and he will be back next month. So if you have a nutrition related question that you'd like me to put to him when he's here, feel free to email it to me, s.noonan at live.ie. Still to come on the programme tonight, I'm out and about at the grand finale of the Apprentice Chef programme which took place in the Institute of Technology Tralee at the start of May and we'll be finding out what visitors to Cork can expect this weekend at the Kerrygold Ballymaloo Literary Festival of Food and Wine. Now every month we feature an interview with a Northern Ireland theme given that 2016 is the official year of food and drink in that neck of the woods. Each month a different theme is celebrated and for May it is landscapes and places so what better way to explore a destination than to hop on a bike and freewheel and throw some food and film in and you've got the Morn Food and Film Cycle Tour. And to tell us more is Andrew Porter who's on the line from Newcastle, County Down. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Andrew, great to have you on the show tonight. And you're going to tell us about the Morn Food and Films Cycle Trail. It sounds very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was devised by the Enniskeen Country House Hotel a few years back. And it's certainly been very popular, both with local people um, and also with people travelling to Ireland. What way does it work then? Do we come to your hotel and pick up a bike and off we go, or is there a bit of a guide there? Uh, yeah, well, well you, you, the meeting point is the hotel. Um, we bring you up in a shuttle bus up to Spelgadam in the heart of the Mountains of Morn, and that is your starting location. And then the good thing is it's all downhill back to the hotel, so it's a downhill trail, so you can uh, take in the beautiful countryside and freewheel. On a road, is it, or is there off-road terrain? Uh, it's a mixture of quiet mountain rural roads and then um, off-road trail through a forest park, um, but it's all very smooth and, and easy going. There's no uh, rough bits or anything to the trail, so it's suitable for everybody. It's a mixture of food and film, so tell us a bit first about the food and what producers you meet along the way. Okay, so we've got various uh, food stops along the way which um, incorporate uh, Morn Lamb, which is very famous in the region. Um, also uh, Abernethy Hanshorn Butter and Fudge, um, which is made famous with uh, Hessen Blumenthal using it for his cooking. Um, and then we also have our uh, Morn Heather Honey, um, which is a big thing in the, in the Shimna Valley where the trail is. There's a number of different food stops along the way. And are you calling at these people's farms just on spec to talk to them, or do they know that you're coming? Do you have to make an appointment? Um, it's 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 more on spec. You know, if if the owner's there, he'll certainly be happy to chat to you. Um, but there's no guarantee that they're going to be there. You know, at, at certain times as well. Um, but there is an opportunity to buy some of the produce. You know, at the end of the trail, um, also so. And one aspect of it that will definitely be there is the film locations. Tell us about some of those that are part of the trail, because they're not going anywhere and you don't need anybody to be there to enjoy those. Yeah, like um, the Shimna Valley that the trail goes down through has become a honeypot for Hollywood film producers of, of recent times. So we've had shows like Game of Thrones, uh, Frankenstein, uh, Philomena, uh, you know, filmed, um, so you'd be you be able to have a look at the locations that were used for that along the trail. Is there a map that you give to the guests then that they can use to see where all these different points are on it? Yeah, there is indeed. You get a map um, and then there's also some uh, directional signage on the trail also. So it's very easy to follow 
and there's a reinterpretation pack uh, to help you interpret the different stops along the way. How long does it take or how long do you recommend that you allow for it? Um, generally speaking, we would say people would sort of factor in two to three hours um, on the trail um, because, you know, there, there's plenty of stops, plenty of opportunities for photographs and we encourage people just to take their time and, and enjoy the fresh air. And yeah. How did the whole idea come about? Because it is quite a novel a novel attraction, I think, a novel tourist attraction, a great idea, obviously, but how did it come about? How did you come up with the idea and what did you do to put it all in place? Yeah, well, um, I suppose having a love of the, the outdoors myself, I love cycling, you know, I love exploring the local area, and I just thought that, well, you know, there's a great uh, potential concept whereby we could bring people right up to the top of the trail, you know, in a vehicle, and then they can freewheel back down. And it just so happened that these other food producers and film locations were along that route, so it, it, it nicely sort of knitted the whole thing together. And what's the feedback been from people who haven't have have partaken in it and enjoyed it? Yeah, very positive. Um, like certainly, um, any of the farm visitors coming along, you know, that really enjoyed the trail and they've been gobsmacked with the views that we have along it. Um, and likewise, you know, the locals as well. You know, any of the locals that have done it, you know, been surprised about what was on their doorstep that they didn't know about. So, yeah. Is it the sort of attraction that you can enjoy if you have your own bike? Can you just pick up a map and go do it independently, or do they have to do it through you and and hire a bike off you? Um, so, so it'll be difficult to do it in your own right without our sort of input, you know, with the interpretation packs and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly, you can bring your own bike along with you, and then we can bring you up in the shuttle bus and get you started um, and then you can go from there so yeah sounds fantastic if people want to get more information where's the best place for them to go Um, if they're looking for more information if they contact the Enniskeen Country House Hotel or go on to the website for the hotel which is enniskeenhotel.co.uk fantastic I must give it a go now the next time I'm back up home north it sounds really do you have tandems though can I go in the back of somebody oh absolutely yeah we have tandem bikes here and we also have electric bikes so oh, fantastic that sounds right up my street well, listen best of luck with it for the summer season I'm sure it'll be very popular keep our fingers crossed there's good weather good to talk yeah. to you tonight you're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. So far on the show tonight, nutritionist Sid Sheehan from Kerry's Nourished by Nature joined me in the studio. And as Northern Ireland continues to celebrate its year of food and drink, this month the theme of landscapes and places takes centre stage. So just before the break, I was talking to Andrew Porter about the Mourns Food and Film Cycle Tour in County Down. And the Northern Ireland Year of Food and Drink June theme is Love Dairy. So we've that to look forward to next month. In the meantime, my next report is from the final of the Apprentice Chef programme, which took place in the Institute of Technology Tralee at the start of May. Mark Doe from the Just Cooking Cookery School in Fieries, County Kerry, came into the studio a few years ago when he founded the initiative with Mark Murphy, and Mark is a culinary arts lecturer at IT Tralee. 
I have really enjoyed following the progress of this programme and how it has developed. And this year, over 500 students from secondary schools in Limerick, Kerry and Cork enjoyed a series of workshops and cookery demonstrations. And then there were only 24 who cooked up amazing dishes with a good mood theme for a panel of judges that included Caroline Gray from Easy Food magazine, who regularly appears here on The Best Possible Taste. When I was at the final, I spoke to Caroline and Mike Murphy from sponsor Flowgas Ireland heard the winners being announced and spoke to Neve Lawler, the home economics teacher of the Supreme Apprentice Chef. So let's have a listen. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Caroline, you've been judging here today at Trilly IT for yeah. the Apprentice Chef final. What do you think of the talent here oh today? Oh my gosh, Sharon, it's absolutely unbelievable. It was I, I kind of had an idea in my head what I was going to be seeing today, but it doesn't live up to what's been going on in these kitchens. I mean, the talent in these young chefs is just absolutely unbelievable. The dishes they were putting together, I kept saying I'd be more than happy to pay for any one of them at a restaurant. Absolutely stunning. As you walked through the kitchen and you saw the students making up their dishes, what skills did you notice as you were passing through? It's, you know, it's things that, again, you would expect to find in professional kitchens. Seeing the knife skills that they do, it's, you know, they're not relying on, say, gadgets or new trends or anything like that. It's really basic cooking skills that they seem to have absolutely perfected. So between knife skills, the plating, um, even when you kind of taste some of the different elements of the dishes, they've completely aced um, flavorings, salt, spices, everything. It's great. It's hard to believe that the youngest student here today is 14. Oh my gosh, when I think of myself cooking at 14, it was more or less toasties. Like, I mean, the dishes that they're putting out, what I really like as well is it's, it's ingredients that are local and you're familiar with them. And even if you were to see it on a menu, things like steak kebabs or fish and potatoes, but the flavorings they've worked in and they've really just, again, completely mastered. It's unbelievable to think that they're at such a young age, but accomplishing something of this caliber. Well, given that you have a magazine there that is obviously food-focused and there is a chef crisis in Ireland at the Mm. moment, what would you say to these young people about pursuing a career in the culinary world? I definitely keep at it. I mean, even if it's even if at the end goal isn't to be working in a restaurant kitchen, there's so much with food you can do, and an event like this, and you know, a learning process like this is such an education for if you want to get into anything. I mean, especially, but if you were going to be working in a restaurant kitchen, it's a great way to foster creativity and builds confidence in yourself and really contribute back to something where you can feel really fulfilled and that you're kind of really putting something of yourself out there. So definitely keep at it. There's always going to be ups and downs, but after a day like this, I mean, they're on their way. (laughs) To run a programme like this then obviously takes the support from various sponsors and this year Fulcher Ireland and Flugas Ireland are very much part of the programme. Mike, from Flugas Ireland's perspective, why is it important to be involved in a programme like The Apprentice Chef? Well, basically, I suppose it's about promoting youth going into a career going forward. Like at the moment, uh, you have a lot of restaurants there that we would supply a product to that the chefs, chefs are getting low on the ground. So this way, you get them in a young age. Like today, the youngest guy there was 14. That's absolutely massive. And the, the quality of the food that's been here has been absolutely brilliant. So we would like to see more people going into the chefing trade and obviously to be support them at the, at the ground and work it up and hopefully the next job, it's a two-way street benefit for us. You work very closely with some of Ireland's major chefs, including Nevin Maguire, who is a fantastic ambassador for the culinary world. 
Yes, we do. Yeah, uh, we have been a supporter of Nevin for ten years now, I think something like that, and <clears throat> we do a lot of programs with him and supporting uh, Nevin. He supports us on uh, programs that we do as well. So yeah, it's a thing we'd like to do, and it's something like that we would like to get more involved in. Now, having looked at some of the dishes in there, have you your eye on anyone in particular that you think might have pipped it to the post? They're all fairly well evenly matched, but yes, there's one or two there that I've my on. So yep, you're keeping your cards I'm keeping closed. My cards closed, yes, because they're all fantastic. It's like we said, like for the age group that's there that's doing this. If you went into a, a top restaurant, you would not get it there. It's just absolutely fantastic the quality of the food that's there. Isn't it amazing what they can do at this age? Like all credit to their teachers and to the mentors on the program. It's fantastic. Like it obviously comes down to the teachers and for the pupils to have the interest themselves. I know at that age myself, like it was a microwave is what we used. So like for the, the time they went into the effort, like and just the quality that they have there is absolutely fantastic. Well, I think they're about to announce the winner soon. So we'll head back in now and see who has pipped the, the rest of them to the post. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Caroline. In third place, from St. Elwish's College, Carrie Tool, Eva McMahon. In second place, from St. Mary's Mallow, Rachel Wharton. Okay, so we've arrived at the final one. Um, Fantastic, the same as everyone here, but yeah, really exceptional. Uh, the division would be simply just maybe one or two percentage points. But the overall winner of the Apprentice Chef 2015, or 2016, and the name uh, is Middleton College George Hennessy. <laughs> Miss Lawler from Middleton College, your student George Hennessy is the Supreme Apprentice Chef this year. How does that feel? Uh, really good, really shocked. I'm delighted for him though because he's such a hard worker and he really, really put that time into that dish. Like, the dish looked amazing. It was a roast loin of lamb. Yeah, with a pine nut crust and I, honest to God, I've never seen anyone work so hard at a dish. Um, he's a pure perfectionist. Um, he was even drawing it out on a piece of paper, not just on a plate. It had to be on a piece of paper to know what he was doing. So I'm really delighted for him. It's all him. You know, he's pure, pure perfectionist. Is he going to pursue a career in culinary arts, do you think? Um, hopefully. He definitely has an interest in that wing. He's working now. He's got a part-time job now in Sage for the summer uh, in Middleton, which is the best restaurant in Munster. So uh, I think that's definitely encouraging him now as well. I'm sure Kevin Ahern from there had a few words of advice for him. He'll be delighted. I know. I'd say Kevin would be thrilled because uh, I'd say they came to disagreements because Kevin was like, change this. And George was like, no, I'm keeping it my way. <laughs> But uh, no, I'd say he'd be delighted as well. Now, it wasn't all plain sailing for him today. He had a bit of an incident in the kitchen, I believe. Yeah, no, he was shocked when he came out because I said, what's wrong? And he said, I broke your plate. And I was just like, how? And he said, got too hot under the grill. So um, he was really, you know, he was kind of bothered about that. He was like, no, no, I broke the plate. And uh, but it worked out in the end. I'm sure the college were delighted to give him a nice brand at Trilly IT. Yeah, plate. they give him a lovely Trilly IT plate for the day now. But uh He's very good. Tell me why you encourage your students to take part in the Apprentice Chef programme. Um, well, I suppose we've been doing it now since the start. And each year, like, I just see the standard here. And I see the work that 
when they put in the work they get the recognition for it so I think that's why I encourage them to do it um, last year Charlotte came third in the competition and I think that he, she was a great motivator for him because you know she was always coming in and she came down with us today as well and you know I think the kids going back are ambassadors for it because they tell everyone oh it's such a good experience I don't have to do anything really just the kids talk themselves and that sells it and have you a big cabinet to put the, the trophy in? It's a beautiful uh, hand-carved chef's hat. School, school might build me on for that, I'd say. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thanks Safe trip much. home. Thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. If you're just tuning in, you can catch the show on The Best Possible Taste podcast, soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show, or subscribe to it free of charge on iTunes or use the podcast app. On tonight's show so far, we've heard from nutritionist Sid Sheehan, Andrew Porter from the Mourns Food and Film Cycle Tour. And just before the break, there was my report on the Apprentice Chef finale. And I have to say that Cork really cleaned up this year. But let's have a special mention for the West Limerick students, Orla Hennessy and Billy Ryan, who attend Hazelwood College in Drumcolher. Well done to everyone. It was really an amazing display of culinary talent. And speaking of culinary talent, Ballymaloo is the place to be this weekend for the Kerrygold Ballymaloo Literary Festival of Food and Wine. It's described as the only festival of its kind in Ireland and has created an important hub for food and drinks enthusiasts worldwide to meet and share ideas with each other. Cookery demos, dinners, tastings and talks are just a small flavour of some of the events taking place and entertainment is plentiful. On Saturday night, Susan Boyle, along with her sister Judith, will perform Tales of Eel in the Drinks Theatre. And to tell us more, Susan is on the phone now. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Susan, there must be great excitement in the Boyle household tonight as you and Judith prepare for the world premiere of Tales of Eels at Ballymaloo Lit Fest this weekend. Yes, we're very excited about it, Sharon. Um, it's been a really fun project that we've been working on quite a while. So um, we have actually performed it one time before. Um, so Tales of Ales was commissioned as part of the Boyle Arts Festival. So we performed our very first Tales of Ale last summer um, in Boyle and it just went down a storm. Um, what we wanted to do was create a kind of an event where more than just tasting you also got to learn the stories and the fascinating histories behind famous beer styles. So that's what we're doing. So we're going to taste lovely beers um, and then it's going to be Judy and me um, performing together this, this little show. So it's kind of like more of a structured tasting but with a bit of crack as well and, and a bit of history thrown in and a lot of great beer. So this is the perfect next step from a wine goose chase which was your one woman wine show about the Irish connections to the all the different wines that are available there and Judith your sister is one of only four female beer sommeliers in Ireland so you've kind of combined her beer knowledge your alcohol knowledge and <laughs> yeah. and your your artistic talents and your acting talents so it must have been a bit of a challenge now to put it all together. Um, yeah but I think exactly what you hit on was that we have skill sets that just kind of work really well together. Um, and I suppose I have been going to a lot of wine tastings and a lot of drinks events and a lot of beer tastings. And sometimes I felt that I like a narrative and I like a story and I like 
an event to have a kind of a flow to it in the beginning and a middle and an end. And I saw how well a wine goose chase was received and how people really, really enjoyed that experience and enjoyed discovering the drinks through tasting them and hearing the stories behind them. And because of Judy's interest in beer, um, I thought it would be really fun to work in a different drinks realm and then work with someone that I get on so well with as well to come up with something that's quite fun. Um, and I think from the feedback from the performance that we did before, the dynamic is quite nice between the two of us because we're siblings and we know each other like the back of each other's hands it's quite fun to be in an environment where you're working with someone um, that is kind of quite easy but at the same time she knows all of my flaws which is kind of fun as well so um, yeah I'm looking forward to it. Whenever I'm asked to describe a wine goose chase, I always mm-hmm. talk about it, that it's it's kind of in a number of different acts that you start off and you do the first act and then you finish it and then you introduce the people, the audience, mm-hmm. to a wine for them to taste and talk to them yeah. about it. So it's like you're in character and then you step out of character mm-hmm. into Susan Boyle, the the wine guru. Is yeah. is Tales of Eel a bit like that or is it completely different? Is it an hour long? Yes. So it's an it, hour it long? Runs okay. an hour. So similarly, it runs an hour long and within that hour, we taste four different beers. And um, one of those beers is actually, actually we taste five beers because there's a surprise beer. Um, but one of the beers that we're tasting is a beer that Judy and I brewed as well. So we're tasting Bridget Sale, which is very exciting because having been so involved in the drinks industry, we decided that we'd roll up our sleeves and actually make something ourselves too. So we're going to be using that in the show. And rather than a wine goose chase is a little bit more, um, because it's a one person show, um, it definitely is a little bit more kind of, I suppose, maybe theatrical. And I do step in and out of role a little bit more. But since this is a two-hander, there's a different dynamic but a really good dynamic it's, and I think it kind of matches with beer too because beer is beer is really quite fun and it's enjoyable and it promotes lots of discussion and we kind of embrace that as well too there's lots of opportunity for audience to, to chat back to us to ask questions and we leave that side of it a little bit more freer um, rather than a wine chase, which is a little bit more um, of a wine-like structure I suppose rather than something that's like um, fizzy and a bit funner like beer not that wine isn't fun either wine is brilliantly fun but it just has a different tone I suppose Is it all Irish beers that, that they taste? No, it's not. Uh, we're tasting international beers as well um, because we really wanted to show the history and evolution of beer. And um, So I think the best way to do that is to find beer styles from other places as well. So we find the stories that are behind those beer styles and why certain beer styles became incredibly popular. Um, and generally, like which is quite interesting, you'll find that there's like a person behind that story. And that's what's kind of quite fascinating I found when I started to learn more about it and I think with beer a lot of the time um, a lot of the discussions that I've had around beer have a tendency to be just about what one person thinks of the flavour um, and I just love the fact that this is a this is a beverage that's been drunk for thousands and thousands of years and um, the same with wine too and it's, I just find it really fascinating the people's stories that are interwoven in the history of those beverages so I thought if I've done something similar with wine it's time to a little bit of a light on beer as well and, and, and explore what's behind this, this gorgeous fizzy liquid in our glasses Judith may not have been on the stage for a wine goose chase but she was very much a helping hand there as your stage manager was, was it yes. difficult to persuade her to come out onto centre stage with, with you for this production um, I definitely think that with a wine goose chase 
Um, Judith is like, she's like the structure and she's the stage manager and it just wouldn't run at all if it wasn't for her um, making sure that everything was seamless behind the scenes. And with this, I suppose because it's her area of knowledge as well, um, being a beer sommelier, that she felt that it was something that she could step into, that she wanted to have a more active role in. Um, and so I think it was it was a different uh, transition, but I think I think it's a good one. I think it's a nice dynamic that we have between us with us. Um, so I don't think she needed too much too much persuading. But then I'm the older sister, so I have a tendency to talk too much. So it's very nice to have someone who has the scientific knowledge to put me back in my box a little bit as well. So that's good. She keeps me in check. Well, the two of you will be the star attractions it's Saturday night in the Drinks Theatre. I think it's eight thirty. Is it? It is at 8.30, okay. yeah, so it'll be an hour long. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be magic. The Drink Theatre is a lovely venue in the evening as well. It's just, it lights up so beautifully, and it's, it's, I think it's really special. So I'm looking forward to, to having a lovely audience and meeting who's going to be at the show. Will you have an opportunity to have a look around the festival yourself this weekend? Are there any workshops or demonstrations or other tastings that you're going to yourself? Yeah, there's lots of things. For most of the weekend, I'm going to be hanging out in the drinks theatre because that's really where my heart is. Um, and there's so many brilliant, brilliant events that are happening there. We've got Chances Robinson who's coming in and doing a talk. There's also Leslie Williams who's doing a fantastic talk as well um, on a great variety that that is three different names. So people get a little bit confused about it and he's going to talk the history behind that and taste some lovely wines with it too and that's on on Saturday at 1 to 2 so that's going to be like my lunchtime slot that I'm really looking forward to um, and then what I love most about the Ballymaloo Lit Fest is really just the environment and the things that you happen upon completely by accident so you'll be walking from one place and heading into the big shed and you'll find something that you've never heard of or never tasted or didn't know existed before and I think it's just a real opportunity to go with an open mind and see what you happen upon um, because it's lovely to have a very packed program where you're planning all your demonstrations and every moment is worked out but for me I think the real joy of the Lit Fest is the is discovering the new um, and I think that's what's really lovely about Ballymaloo that even in um, in light of all the amazing people that they have coming all these incredible chefs this extreme amount of talent that there's always room there to foster the new talent that's coming up and the newness and um, I love that that you can just discover things that, that you would never have known about and I love that there's a lot of like fringe events that are happening lots of little talks popping up in the garden um, that are going to be fantastic as well so people are going to find a lot of food for thought um, and a lot of great food and, and loads of lovely events so I'm hoping the sun shines for the weekend because that really does help a little bit but um, I'm not going to let it dampen my spirit if, if the rains come down as well because it'll be great There is as you say an extensive list of speakers there um, inter national and Irish talent you mentioned the lovely Leslie Williams who has been on the show here before he writes for the Irish Examiner and I'd say just listening to his lilting tones for that hour would just lull you into a false sense of I'm drinking too much here but I don't realise it I I think what's so great about Leslie is he's so passionate when he is and knowledgeable when he's 
when he's presenting things um, and I think this is going to be a real special and I don't think there'll be anyone asleep at lunchtime over it I think you're right oh not, not yeah definitely not for the not for the <laughs> not it's, lulled into we, yeah. might, we might be all on a, like on a cloud of fabulous yes all zanned out yep zanned out by Leslie's <laughs> lovely because um, I, I love his voice especially on the radio oh, here when I'm listening back to him I love I think he's got a great radio voice and a great voice for listening to in general and the other thing I wanted to mention is there's lots of book signings on over the weekend so people that have a cookbook maybe of Otolenghi for example that really love him and think he is their hero they can go along they pay a fiver in to the big shed fringe area and Mm -hmm. rock up to the the book shed as we'll call it at the time that he's there and get the book signed and get to meet him yeah, I think that's a really special opportunity to be able to meet the people who are your idols, who have written the cookbooks that you've cooked out of. Um, and I think that's something that's really special and really unique about Valley Miller Live Fest. So that'll definitely be a thing. I know I'll probably have a few few books in my bag for signing. Yeah, and I want to give a special mention to Iman McDonnell, who is, she, she married a West Limerick man, a farmer. Mm-hmm. I didn't marry the farmer, but I did marry the West Limerick man. So she has her cookbook out this year, and I know she's down there doing something as part of the Fringe Theatre with Kerry Gold. I think she's making mm-hmm. butter and, and whatnot. So, oh, that'll be great. Yeah, she'll be there. So if you see her, be sure to say hello to her. I will, absolutely. Oh. I will. I know she did a really fun event in electric picnic last year where it was like making butter and shaking butter and it got great reviews so i think it's a little bit of a revival of that complete so with crimped hair yes <laughs> yep i saw the crimped hair pictures now so she really looked the part for that so fair play to mm very special chic. well best of luck to you and judith this weekend i'm sure it'll be fantastic i'm apologies now i did introduce it as the world premiere i, d- I had totally forgotten that you did it in Boyle last year so yeah, apologies Boyle it was Boyle. a Woodall very special <laughs> Boyle performance <laughs> what was so brilliant about the Boyle performances but it just wouldn't have happened if they hadn't approached Gigi and I to do it and that came out of the success of having performed a wine goose chase in Boyle Arts Festival and they're always looking to encourage new things and because beer is kind of cool and there's a lot of interest in it they were like we'd love you to do something for it so um, they've been very supportive from the beginning so it's nice to acknowledge them because you are an extremely busy lady you're writing books at the moment I believe yes I am I am the book is is a work in progress so I'm working with two other authors and so it's a a co-write and um, it should be it should be with us shortly (laughs) no exact date yes (laughs) I've been hearing that for a long time Susan (laughs) I know I know the world of publishing is kind of new to me (laughs) well we shall let you go and you might knuckle down and do a few pages there this evening (laughs) fantastic to talk to you regards to Judith and everybody else down at Ballymaloo this weekend have a fantastic time and I think the website for details is litfest.ie if anybody listening wants to log on there for more details and to find out about tickets and whatnot have a fantastic time Susan I will, sir, and thanks, Amelia. It's lovely to talk to you. And you. Take care. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. I always love talking to Susan, so it's lovely to have her there on the show. And that will be a really fantastic performance this Saturday night. So best of luck to Susan and to Judith. And also best of luck to everyone taking part in the Yes Chef Cycle, which is on next week, the 23rd to the 25th of May. They'll be cycling from Liston, Varna, Fenor, Ballyvaughan, Galway. And it's all in aid of Cystic Fibrosis Ireland, a very worthy cause. Check out yeschef.ie forward slash team yes chef
And it's that time of the evening when I tell you we are at the end of tonight's show, sadly. If you missed any part of it and you want to listen to it all over again, check out the podcast, soundcloud.com forward slash food dash and dash drink dash show or subscribe to it free of charge on iTunes or use the podcast app. As always, thanks a million for tuning in and, of course, to all of tonight's guests, Sid Sheehan, Andrew Porter, Caroline Gray, Mike Murphy, Neve Lawler and Susan Boyle. Until next week, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit.